Welcome to the Penny and Pops podcast. He's Spencer Penny Strode. I'm Adam Pops Papa Giorgio. Penny and I were at the draft party at Amway Center. I got a free Jonathan Isaac jersey out of it, so at least that that turned out well for me. I'm not happy that we drafted Jalen Suggs over Jonathan Kaminga, and then especially not happy that we drafted Franz Wagner over Moses Moody. I don't like that Waltman gave up Jason Preston at pick 33 for cash in a 2020 second, uh, 2026 second rounder. It's really, really cruel, to, especially if you're born and raised in Orlando and you have another Orlando product that you just kind of throw off to the side, uh, especially with a story and as much talent as, as that kid has. I'm not happy. I'm glad the majority of Magic fans seem thrilled with how the draft night played out. I genuinely, I have to emphasize this, genuinely hope I'm wrong and our new uh, draft editions are awesome. I say this every year, but either way, we're not going to know for two to three years. You know, it, it's like when a coach wins a press conference. Like, you can say all the right things, but if you're not doing it, then it doesn't matter. And the same thing with the with the guys we brought in. Both seem like great kids. I hope that their games can transition well from, from college to the NBA. I have my doubts, but again, I'm more than happy to eat crow and be wrong if that means that the Magic are going to win a championship in the next, you know, five years. You know, I, I'll be absolutely thrilled about that. So again, I'm very glad that the majority of the fan base is thrilled about draft night. I'm not. I have my doubts, so we'll see. As expected, free agency has been quiet. It's basically been signing Robin Lopez and re-signing Mo Wagner so far. Vegas Summer League starts this week. Jamal Mosley is really pushing his pace, space, and pass motto. Like he's basically said it two of his three press co- like uh, interviews in in Vegas is that pace, space, and pass motto. We're going to get a good look at the new rookies and other magic men like Cole Anthony, R.J. Hampton, and Giannis Timma. Let's go. You can feel it in the streets on a day like this day. It feel like summer. I feel like summer. I feel like summer. All right, let's get into uh, the draft night. Uh, you know, we, we haven't talked since before the draft, so uh, or at least on a pod anyway, because you and I both went to the Magic Draft Party at Amway Center. Awful weather night, uh, a lot of rain. Uh, maybe that was foreshadowing for me, not for the majority of Magic fans, but it was foreshadowing for me. Um, it was a great crowd, though. They had some pretty cool events down on the floor. Uh, there was like, uh, there's, you know, they had a couple of the trophy. Uh, they had like the old Eastern Conference Finals uh, or Champion Trophy hanging around the, the concourse, and there was activities fans could do down uh, uh, behind where the basketball floor would be. Uh, it's so that, that it was it was a pretty good time. Um, you and I, we got some beers before going in at a couple places and then, uh, or a couple beverages, I guess. Uh, some was beer, some was liquor. Uh, for me, I don't think it was enough, but I guess it worked out because I, in, in the uh, arena when they were doing the Magic Vision trivia contest, I, I ended up winning a, a, a Jonathan Isaac uh, City jersey. So yeah, that did. was, yeah, it was uh, finished second in the second uh, Magic uh, Vision trivia contest they did. And that got me a, a, a medium uh, Jonathan Isaac uh, Swingman jersey, the, the City Stripes edition. So uh, pretty cool. It's like a $110 jersey. So I got that for free. And it's a little narrow on the shoulders, but it fits me. I, you know, it fits me pretty well. And then uh, not to get too off topic on jerseys and stuff, but uh, I, I still own like an old Penny Hardaway uh, jersey, the white champion jersey from when I was a, a kid in elementary school. And it actually fits me when I, and I sleep in it sometimes, you know, when I go to bed, I, I sleep in that Penny jersey. So I miss the old champion logo, but uh, yeah, it's, we, let's talk about draft night. What are your, some of your thoughts of just the party or just kind of Going going into it, how how the atmosphere was because Magic fans were uh, were really excited when uh, when Scotty Barnes got picked fourth by the Toronto Raptors and then Jalen Suggs uh, got picked fifth by us. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think we had talked going into it that we expected probably about five or six thousand people, and uh, I, I'm going to guess that's about what it was. So it's nice to see 
that many people brave the weather and come out and create an atmosphere in the midst of, uh, you know, going into another rebuild, um, that there's still that kind of excitement level around. Um, also, I think we decided that uh, it's the first time both of us had been in Amway Center since I'm going to say December of 2019. Yeah, since that Warriors game that we went to, um, that we won, surprise, uh, somewhat surprisingly, but we we won. Uh, we 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 uh, yeah, that was that was a pretty fun game. I don't I don't recall a lot of people at that game though for for some reason it was it was pretty. Cause Golden State usually draws a pretty good crowd, but because uh, you know they weren't they weren't good at the time, and they I think Steph Curry was out. I think that was the issue, or maybe he was yeah. playing. I can't. I think Steph Curry was playing. Anyway, not to get off too off too off topic, but yeah, I mean it's this draft party is the last like big social event I've done because even though you both you and I are vaccinated, we you know the Delta COVID nineteen variant is really raging out of control and. I got doctor friends that that are telling me it's it, it's worse than 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 ever at this point um, with with hospitals hospitalizations and yeah so be careful folks you know even if you're vaccinated just just be careful uh, you know we, we you and I both wore masks in the in the arena and uh, you know it, it was still a good time a lot of people had a good time decent amount of people were masked in there too so um, appreciate the uh, the uh, this the I guess the self-awareness by uh, the, the good amount of Magic fans that were in there. But um, yeah, what, it was, what, what, yeah, it was yeah. nice to be back in the atmosphere. And you you know, I'm I'm not an atmosphere guy. <laughs> you, are. you are not, no. Um, but you forget, you know, um, even though this building is only, what, 11, 10, 11 years old. It's 11 years old, right? Yeah. It opened, it opened uh, 10, 10, 10. Yeah. There's still, a, there's still a fair bit of nostalgia. And, you know, it's, it's not the same as Amway Arena. Um, you know, Arena, when you go in and that smell immediately takes you to all the memories and moments. But there's, yeah. there's still something to be said for, um, for being in the arena, being with, uh, you know, the community of like-minded fans and getting to experience something together. Um, so that was fun, obviously, to get back in and do that. And, uh, you know, I, I, the result certainly was not what you and I had hoped, but uh, there, there were a lot of happy people in the building. Yeah, I would say like 90% of the building was happy because, I mean, the first three picks went chalk, basically. Detroit took Kate Cunningham. Houston took Jalen Green. Cleveland took Evan Mobley. Which, funny enough, now during free agency, they've they've paid Jared Allen a hundred million dollars since then. So that's going to be interesting to see how that goes. And I like Jared Allen, so I guess they think both Mobley and Allen can play together. I who knows? I, I don't want to delve too deep into that. But then Toronto comes up at four, and be, me being me, you know, I, I I love Twitter, you know, too much. So I I saw what the fourth pick was, and I don't remember. Did I did I tell you or did I ask you if you wanted to know who it was? I, I think I, I, I cheated. I know you did it for eight. Shoulder. I know, I know for eight, yeah. you were like, you were like, don't tell me unless it's Shangun or something. And I was like, well, it's not Shangun at eight, but, uh, yeah. but anyway, um, I, I was surprised. I'll say this, that, uh, the, the reaction in the building for number four, when Scotty Barnes goes off the board, do you think that was a result of, you know, maybe a lot of Magic fans, if not being Seminole fans, at least being aware of Florida State as, you know, as the prospect being from Florida State? You know, I, I was surprised. I was surprised that many people were so there happy. It was a reaction. Yeah, it, it was. No, it was honestly the reaction for Toronto picking Barnes at four might have been more. I I, I, I want to say louder because it, it was very loud when 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 the magic took Suggs at fifth, but there was yep. more almost joy in the magic in, in Toronto taking Barnes off the board at four than there was almost Suggs, um, you know, Suggs being picked at five. Again, the reaction for Suggs was louder, but it was almost that, that Holy shit type of joy where it's like barn. They took Barnes at four. We're not getting Barnes. We're not taking a guy that definitely can't shoot. You know, you that, participated that in the uh, Scotty Barnes reaction. You were part of the hat. Well, it's, in, it's in the only game. one I didn't record on yeah. YouTube because I didn't expect I, I didn't expect, uh, you know, I didn't ex expect the uh, Barnes to, to go at four. I really didn't. Yeah. I thought Toronto would actually either take uh, Suggs or Kaminga. I didn't think Barnes was actually in play, but there you go. So um, and then five comes with Suggs. 
we can talk about Suggs now. Um, cause I've, I've been very, uh, out loud about it on Twitter about how I, I, I don't like the Suggs pick. We'll talk about eight for sure. Cause there's more, uh, more skepticism at eight, but with five, I, I thought the pick should have been Jonathan Kaminga at five. I, I just view him as a better, I, I view him as a higher ceiling guy and a better two-way guy. And I view Kaminga as just as, as a guy who also feels a need. Like we still need a small forward, honestly. Like we don't have, unless, unless you plan on playing Jonathan Isaac at small forward, and we'll talk about the depth chart uh, in, in a bit, but Unless you plan on playing Isaac at small forward or RJ Hampton at small forward, or you're asking, you know, Michael Carter Williams, Gary Harris, Terrence Ross, like none of those guys are really threes. Like some people are saying Chumo Kiki's a three. Chuma's not a three. He's a four. It's uh, at least my mind. And people say, well, it's position is basketball. It doesn't matter. But I thought for, you know, Kaminga, he's listed at six, eight. Some people say he's closer to six, six. That's fine. He's a small forward. You know, I, the way I view Suggs is, you know, I, I look to be fair to, 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 to clarify as well. And you can clarify this. Do you like Suggs over Barnes? Cause I like Suggs over Barnes as the pick. Not that we had the chance fair to say uh, in terms of, you know, offensive capability, which, which we, we desperately need some sort of offense from somewhere. Um. But the way I view Suggs is the Magic are going to have to be very careful how they view them because Suggs' style of play at Gonzaga, it's going to be tough for that to translate well to the league with better defense. People say he's a great athlete. Like, look, I I get it. He played football. You know, he's he's an amazing athlete at Minnesota. But people view him athletically as like a Russell Westbrook, and I'm just like pump pump the brakes on that because he's he's not as fast. He's not as strong. I think he's still like 175 pounds. So he's, he's gonna, he's gonna have to put some muscle on, you know, he's either six, five, six, four, you know, so he's a decent size at even for shooting guard there height wise. Um, but I don't think he's going to be able to go up and down easily, you know, in the NBA, not nearly as easily in the NBA as he did in college. And my concern is he's going to take reps away from either Markel Fultz or RJ Hampton, unless you play Suggs at shooting guard, which you know, we still have Terrence Ross and Gary Harris on the roster. I, I would assume that at least one of them is going to be gone by this time the season starts, because then we're talking about a lot of guards on the roster, especially with the news from John Hammond that he leaked uh, on, on a 96, nine game interview that Mar- they expect Markel Foles to be back like almost at the start of the season, which threw me a huge shock. Um, and I, I went off topic because uh, I'm me on that. But quick, Penny, are you surprised at fault that they think Fultz might actually start this season, or at least Hammond actually admitted that they think Fultz might actually start, you know, play at the start of the season or within a month of the start of the season? Because the guy had surgery in January. Yeah, I mean, I I think it goes against kind of the way the organization has handled injuries, at least during this regime, and and there's no real tangible benefit in terms of what we're trying to accomplish in the season ahead to rush somebody back. Right. Yeah. So, all right, quick question from a point guard perspective. I've had, I've had magic Twitter actually push back on me. This there's people that think Jalen Suggs is better than Markel Fultz is right now. Do you agree with that? I, I disagree with that. And, and, and look, we both of us are magic fans and want the best I have significant, and I'm. I hope I'm wrong, as as you do. Yeah. I, I have significant concerns about what's going to translate to the NBA in terms of physical tools um, and production, and and certainly you can't say. I mean, Markel Fultz has a body of work. Yeah, he does, and look, Fultz is at least improving his shot. Like he's going to be. I, I would bet good money this season that Fultz is going to shoot in the mid 30% from three point range this season. And if he's doing that and look, people are talking about you know, how Suggs has, is a very, is very smart on the floor. He's a great, he's got great, you know, court vision for a point guard. Fultz is, is almost elite at that. I mean, he Fultz is the guy that you want starting your offense as a distributor and he's actually got the, the actual body to withstand a lot of content that contact, like, Fultz 
does isn't known as a football player, but I mean, he played football growing up and he looks more like a football player than Jalen Suggs does in my mind. Um, so he can at least handle the contact. Now look, Suggs, you put him in a NBA, you know, training program and you know, he'll, he'll, he'll get stronger of course. And, and we'll see how that goes. I view this pick as the only way it's going to work is if you turn him into like a shooting guard or a combo guard, like Brandon Roy was for Portland, like Nate Jones on Twitter threw that, comparison out on twitter and i actually that's i think the closest it's going to get where Suggs can actually be successful now brandon roy is an amazing shooter i don't think you know people don't realize that Suggs has a lot of work to do at shooting like you look at the stats you know 14.4 points per game on a on a good on a great gonzaga team you know I, you know obviously if he was on a worse team this the scoring points per game would go higher i get that you know 1.9 steals per game I question a lot of the competition that he went up against. Like I get it. Gonzaga was undefeated all the way up to the, to the title game and, and, and the tourney. I get that, you know, 5.3 rebounds per game. Cool. You seems, you know, you he might be able to rebound good for his position, 4.5 assists per game. People look at the 50.3 field goal percentage and think he can shoot. But a lot of that, you know, a lot of those attempts, a lot of those makes was, it was, you know, him just going to the rim at will against, these college kids that none of them are going to sniff professional basketball ever. So that's, that's the thing that you really have to take it with a grain of salt. Whereas with me, with Kaminga, even though, you know, he had his struggles in the G league, the G league has really good competition. Like there's grown ass men in that league and you learn a lot playing, you know, 13, 15 games that Kaminga played in the G league. So that, that, that was my thing. And Kaminga came into this season if not ranked first, you know, with Kate Cunningham, second behind Kate Cunningham. And there's nothing from a G League perspective, I thought, that would have him not be, you know, a top four pick. Like, I, I thought, I still think Kaminga is going to be the better pro. And it's annoying to me that Golden State basically had my dream draft, which we'll, we'll talk about in a, in a little bit. But, um, you know, to me, Suggs isn't a proven shooter. Like, he shot 33.7% from three-point range, which that's – yeah, it's okay. And yet, and, and as well, he didn't take, he didn't shoot a lot of attempts. He took 3.5, three point attempts per game, which isn't a lot. So we'll see what happens when the volume, come, you know, goes up on that. If people think he's going to be Trey young, that that's not it. And if you think he's going to be Trey young, he's going to fail, especially now that the NBA rules are changing to where guys that flop and flail and, you know, play for contact more than actually try to score a bucket. That's not going to work. Um, the 75.4 free throw percentage on just 3.8 free throw attempts per game. That's not great. It's, it's very, eh, it's meh, you know, whereas a guy like Moses Moody was getting to the line almost double the amount of times. And, you know, he, he, that, that typically translates well to the league. So I don't know. What are some of the stuff I said that kind of stands out to you, Penny, that you kind of want to want to hop in on as far as your concerns go. Like I said, if you view, if they, if the team, if the two, if the team views Suggs as a shooting guard or some type of combo guard where he's playing next to Suggs and next to whatever person we play at small forward, like that's his best chance. That's how I view it. Yeah. Well, I, I'll take a different tack. I just, it's been a while since the magic's and, and, you know, we'll talk about the eighth pick too in a second and how it all comes together. But it's been a while since the Magic's draft has been universally praised. Um, and I guess that's partially by default this time, right? Because you can't control Sug sliding to you at five. Um, yeah, everybody I, everybody I, says the Magic had an amazing draft because Suggs felt us. That's basically what it comes down to. All those A, A-plus grades are because yeah. of Suggs. I thought it was interesting. Uh, just uh, ESPN's Kevin Pelton uh, had said in his kind of draft grade comments that the magic haven't had a perimeter star the quality of Jalen Suggs since Hito Turkoglu and Jameer Nelson which um I don't think anyone ever considered Hito Turkoglu a star <laughs> while we were in the run that no we were, and especially you know, not Jameer yeah. either but um, um but but very clearly indicated that the upside for Suggs is much higher than uh Markel, RJ, and Cole, and I'll grant you Cole, um, but I, I don't think that's necessarily true for Markel and, and RJ. Um, and really, for Markel Fultz, if he can just incrementally improve the shooting <laughs> from long range, 
Uh, everything else is pretty much very close to where it needs to be, uh, other than, you know, I guess durability at this point has to be a concern, as with everyone on our roster, seemingly. But uh, yeah, I, I, my overarching concern, um, you know, aside from fit, and, and I think fit shakes itself out, right? Whoever is going to rise to the level that we need them to get to will find a place and everyone else will piece in or get shipped out and that is what it is but uh, I, I I'm not sold on um, I, I'm not sold on the physical tools translating um, and I hope I'm I hope I'm wrong but that's where I'm at today yeah well we'll see again hopefully they prove you know they prove they prove us wrong um, all right so the magic took Suggs at five the draft gets crazy absolutely crazy after that because OKC takes Josh Giddy sixth um, which is fine for us we're you know we're we're, yeah. we're not going to take josh giddy so. i mean i i liked josh giddy but i i wanted Mosey, moses moody really badly and since we obviously took Suggs at five that that kind of changed everything because we didn't take kaminga and whatever anyway so but yeah giddy what goes six a lot of people had them taking book night who book night slides in this draft um and then seven jonathan kaminga goes to golden state and i'm just like wow the, the guy that was ranked, you know, one B or, or second going into, into the college slash G league season, you know, is it falls all the way to sevens to a, a to a, an amazing, you know, amazing team or team that should be amazing if they stay healthy, you know? So um, Kaminga goes seven and then eight. So for eight, you definitely told me like, don't tell me what the pick is unless it's Alperin Shingun. And as soon as I saw the pick come up on my phone, I literally had to ask you, like, are you sure you don't want me to tell you what the pick is? And I, and, and I, and I, and I told you, look, it's not Shingun, but I think I said you're going to be surprised. And then you're like, tell me. And I'm like, it's Franz Wagner. Or I showed it to you and you were like, and yeah, was, that was our reaction was. Yeah, it's, it's I, I was Wagner. shocked that uh, Golden. I think before you know the seventh pick came out, I go, "There's no way that they're going to take a project at number seven, coming off of you know trying to work integrate James Wiseman." And so I was shocked that Kaminga was off the board at eight. It seemed like that was going to be, um, you know, that he was going to fall right into the Magic's laps, and then uh, coming off of that mild shock to walk into Franz Wagner um, felt deflating. <laughs> yeah. And, and now we know a couple of days later that it looks like the magic gave Wagner like a soft, like promise at eight. Like people thought people said the Kings gave Wagner a promise at nine, but it seems like we gave him a promise at eight. And I'm, I'm a little scared. I'm a little, I'm not a little, I'm, I'm quite surprised still that we went with a guy that doesn't, doesn't seem to have a high ceiling. Like he's, he's going to be a role player. Like he might be like a fifth starter on a good team one day, maybe. But I mean, we took a guy that when, when, when we need, we needed to take swings at guys that could be stars. Like I still, you know, I really think Moses Moody could be a star. Golden state had basically my perfect draft without having to move up. Like they had Kaminga at seven and they took Moody at 14. And I still don't know how Moody fell that far, but you know, it'll be interesting to see if golden state actually ends up keeping those picks or if they end up actually trading them, uh, you know, closer to the start of the season for, for veteran help. But uh, a lot of that too is going to be, how do these guys all look at summer league? And we'll get to that a little bit later, but um, with Wagner, he was, you know, he, he, he was a sophomore out of Michigan uh, he's the younger brother of Mo Wagner and, uh, whether he's six, nine or six eleven, you know, people seem to think that he, he, he's more of a small forward than a power forward. I, I disagree, especially if he's now six eleven. like he's, he's going to grow into his body and be like Mo Wagner is almost kind of may, may hopefully more athletic because Mo Wagner is more of like a, a center slash power forward, but with Franz, you know, the, the statistics are, you know, 12 and a half points per game a sophomore year, six and a half rebounds, three assists, 1.3 steals, one block. The 83.5% free throw shooting on, you know, just under three attempts per game. That's good. The guy can, the guy can hit free throws. That, that's great. 47.7% um, from the field, 34.3% uh, from three point 
uh, range on 30 uh, on 3.6 three point attempts. So he's about even with Suggs, if not even with slightly higher attempts than Jalen Suggs. But I, I I don't know if you had anybody else on 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 in your mind for the Magic to get. I don't know if you had like. I, I feel like we had like seven or eight guys I would have rather have picked at that point over over Wagner. Um, I, I I I know he's you know he spent time he grew up in Germany he he's he grew up in that system and then he came over and played two years at at Michigan uh, under you know Jawan Howard and um, I just a lot of what I see with college with the college film I just don't see it translating as well in the NBA. Uh, people again, just like with Suggs, say that Fogner has really high IQ. Like people said, like the Magic got the two highest basketball IQ and the two best like defensive players and the defensive smart, defensively smart players in the draft. And I don't know, we'll see how that pans out. But for me, again, from a fit perspective, I'm just worried that this might take minutes away from like Chumo Kiki or something. Um, I don't know. What are your views on Fogner? Again, I wanted Moses Moody. I, especially since we took Suggs, like we still kind of need a, a guy that can play small forward. And I viewed Moses Moody as some type of Chris Middleton, buddy healed hybrid. Like, I think that guy can be really freaking good and we'll see how it pans out. But what are your views on Wagner, the Wagner pick? Yeah, I think uh, in terms of the skill set that's being highlighted and praised by everybody, specifically as the defensive end of the floor and, and more specifically, kind of the off ball defense. Um, but we have that at the position. Oh, yeah. And, and <laughs> we and have that. <laughs> look at the film. Um, it's not like he's meeting anyone at the rim. Uh, he may have quick hands. Uh, I, that to me is going to be the hardest thing to translate. Even, you know, I've talked about um, Jalen Suggs physically not, not being sold. I'm even less sold on Wagner. Um, just in terms of the, the foot speed require, you know, you, not only do you have to learn schematically, it's totally different in the NBA, but obviously the, the speed and the, and the power, <laughs> um, is just a, a, almost an unfathomable level. It's drastically and, different. Like as each year goes by that gap between the college and the NBA just seems to grow because it, the best, there, there, there's the best players don't have don't develop over two three four years in college like the best players are gone within a year in Wagner's case in within two years or they're going to the G League or they're making money internationally now with the NCAA rules changing some of that talent's going to probably stay more in college now but my point still stands that the college product seems to be getting weaker every year so sorry continue your point no I agree with that and I I to to your point you know the 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 percentage of yielding let's call it a, a useful player, obviously gets smaller and smaller as you go, you know, pick six, pick seven, pick, you know, but, but you have to take a shot at someone with a high ceiling. It's not like we're trying to plug in, um, you know, it's not like we're trying to plug in Courtney Lee as the fifth starter on a team with, you know, championship aspirations. We're trying to find somebody that can lead a team um, and, and I don't know that the high ceiling is there with Wagner and I don't know that, um, you know, finding a key cog is necessarily what we need at this point either. I, I don't see, um, certainly nothing offensively stands out to you. Not that he's not competent on that end of the floor. Um, but I don't think there's anything that there's nothing know, exceptional does not wow you, um, and I think in terms of, you know, the, the skill set on defense that I guess prompted him to get drafted at that position is going to be one of the hardest things to translate, um, not only in terms of, of you know, speed and, 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 and strength, but also in terms of craftiness, too. I, I, you, you're, you're, you're helping off on a James Harden drive to the basket is totally different um, than you know, someone from Richard Patino's Minnesota team, like yeah. it's, it's just uh, completely different. And I will say too, that, um, you know, hindsight being 2020, if you go back and parse through a lot of the content released by the magic, specifically the, some of the podcasts with Matt Lloyd and, and, you know, some of the, the very small information that they put out, I think there's a lot of breadcrumbs out there now that have accumulated, not just from this year, but, 
um, the last few drafts that it really seems like this front office at this point is prioritizing. I'm not going to say the blue bloods of college basketball because I, you know, I don't think like Texas is a, is a blue blood program, but there are programs that are um, pretty consistently developing NBA talent. So, um, you know, Michigan, Texas, uh, Gonzaga, Florida State, certainly lately. Um, and I think that they tend to, you know, they, they mentioned specifically scouting Gonzaga multiple times in person, even if uh, Suggs did not make a trip to Orlando for a one-on-one. Um, and, and did you see, by the way, to get on a small yeah. tangent? No, no, you're good. Yeah. Did you see the uh, report unconfirmed um, that Suggs had just an absolutely god-awful private workout in Toronto? Yeah, I did. And I mean, that's, it seems like, like it, it was that bad that that's why they took Barnes. Like Barnes's workout with the Raptors was was good, and Suggs was just so horrendous. Now, I mean, I I I don't. I, oh, it, it's tough to say because I, I kind of don't want to put that much heavy weight on on individual workouts and stuff. But it's interesting that 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 happened. Whether he did that on purpose or if he just had a genuinely awful workout, I I don't know. But um, what, what did you have a point with that? Well, it's just, I, I, I think in terms of decision-making, it's interesting. You, you certainly don't want the last impression going into the draft to be a poor, so poor that they invite you back for a second workout, um, which in terms of getting ready for a job interview and stuff, can you imagine trying to ready yourself mentally after shitting the bed <laughs> so bad that they go, hey, hold on. Uh, stay in Toronto for another day, come back and let's see if you can hit the broad side of a barn this time. Go imagine going through that. And like you point, and like you said earlier, like he didn't work out for the magic. Like he didn't really, he didn't have, I don't think even like a one-on-one, like up close interview. I don't think like it's so, I mean, the magic just took Suggs because he, you know, quote unquote fell to them basically. And so that's, and that's, and not, look, that's they, not the, like the most, and look, they, I get it. They still have, this was the last season that they have, you know, a monopoly on that stats analytic program. Like I get it, which scouts, you know, which handles like all data, all video, everything from all the college programs. I get that. You know, I, I understand that they still have scouts that, that go, uh, that, that go check these guys out in person. I'm sure they've, they've talked to Suggs in some capacity before, but there wasn't no official, workout that they did with him here or in Orlando or anywhere, but sorry, what were you going to say? Well, yeah, to, to, to that point, right. There's a, 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 a file, right. I mean, there's years worth of information and uh, I, even though he didn't travel to Orlando at any point, the, I'm sure that they've talked to everybody and anybody around him and, and certainly have seen him play in person uh, multiple times, but uh it's 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 interesting, I think, um, just in terms of how how this front office staff is uh, shaping their draft. I mean, there's pretty consistent themes now as we go through another draft year, um, especially with the uh, second round choices too. Yeah, and 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 we'll get to that. I just want to make one point because you mentioned kind of the blue bloods kind of programs in college, but I think there's also a a tendency, a heavy tendency to look at who the blue chip kids are coming out of high school, like who are the high ranked guys. And like, that goes all the way back to Mo Bamba. That includes Suggs now. Um, you know, we're, we're taking these, we're taking guys that are ranked in like the top 10 of, co- of high school rankings, you know, with, whether they do even better in college or not, you know, it, it, it depends, but, and same thing with like RJ Hampton, I guess too, but uh, when we traded for him and especially in Cole Anthony, when we drafted him, like we're, we're leaning heavily. Cause again, you said the whole, you know, we're, we're, we're creating files on these guys. I mean, we're creating files on these kids when they're in like their junior years of high school, basically. So, I mean, it's a culmination of many years of work. And so, yeah, excuse and, me. And, yep. And, and Cole Anthony specifically, <laughs> right. That's kind of, you're hoping that there was regression to the mean in terms of the high school rank. Cause the you know his one season at, at UNC certainly a blue blue blood program uh, left a lot to be desired. But as you alluded to, there's also a trend with second round picks now. It, and I, I, you and I left the draft party pretty closely after uh, after we took Wagner eighth. I mean, a lot of people probably did because you know. So I get home, you know, it's still I think the end of the they hadn't even gotten to the end of the 
like the 20th pick yet, I don't think. so. And I'll just like- say, too, that we neither well, – first of all, okay, you see Jason <laughs> Preston come across the screen. For how much time were you happy and vindicated? Uh, for about, um, I think, 45 seconds, and then the second Woj tweet came out. Because, I, because I, I, again, Wo, I think it was Woj who, who tweeted out that we took – uh, we were taking uh, Jason Preston out of you know the University of Ohio, but who is a, a Boone Brave who went to school at UCF as a student, and his story is amazing. And he had a hell of a run at Ohio, an unbelievable run at Ohio. He's a six-four kid. He plays kind of an unorthodox game at point guard, but it works. Like the kid wins. Like the kid find the kid's really freaking good. And he was the ideal candidate to send to Lakeland and and, and develop at least a season there. And to me, it was almost the ultimate slap to the face than even us taking, you know, Suggs or Wagner over who I wanted. But the ultimate slap in the face to me was we take Preston at 33 only to then just immediately trade him to the Clippers for cash in a 2026 second round pick. And I was happy for about 40 seconds because Woj said Preston 33 of the magic. And then it's like the pick is going to the Clippers. And I was like, God damn it. They did it again. So and speaking of bread, I mean, not only did I, I think anyone generally had a sense, but uh, the Magic would, you know, based on the track record, but also the roster construction this year, it would be hard to add a rookie. Uh, but speaking of breadcrumbs, I think we both saw uh, uh, Jeff Weltman visually. They go to the, they pan to the war room. After yeah, you spotted this. Pick. Yep. And he, he did the old, uh, uh, he did the old slam dunk contest, Vince Carter, it's over, hand signal after, uh, after celebrating the Wagner picks. So I think we had a we had a real sense that the magic were done for the night at, at that point. And then even in like the interview before the draft, like he was talking about like we're gonna draft two really good players, you know, on on Thursday night or whatever. And it's like and, and I and I was like, are we forgetting the 33rd pick? And clearly the magic the entire time wanted to to sell off that pick. So a very, um, very quick and and pointless aside. No, nope, do it, uh, go for it. Jason Preston uh, a bit player at Boone High School, uh, you know, takes the circuitous route through Ohio, gets drafted, um, and presumably will will play NBA minutes at some point this season for the Clippers, presumably. Meanwhile, uh, B.J. Taylor, one of the all-time greatest Boone Brave players, and one of the all-time, I'm going to say one of the all-time greatest UCF players. He's up there. Uh, he is. He uh, He ended up uh, kind of backdooring into the Los Angeles Clippers G League team, but uh, I don't think ever logged a minute for the G League team, and and at least social media wise, can find no indication that he's currently playing professional basketball anywhere. Very wow. interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, and BJ Taylor is under six foot, whereas at least Jason Preston has like the NBA bills to, yeah. to to stick around, but. Um, yeah, I, I think Preston's going to end up having to play for the Clippers. I mean, th- Kawhi Leonard's going to be out like the whole year um, for them. And so, you know, is Paul George going to be able to carry them and keep them uh, afloat as a playoff team? I, I have my doubts, uh, you know, and hopefully we'll see if Preston actually ends up getting minutes. Um, I just think like the Lakeland Magic are G League t- champions. Like we have a G League team right up the road, you know, right up, you know, right down I-4 for from Amway center and Preston would have been perfect to, to have him play in Lakeland for a year. Like it, it's, I, I don't, I, I don't get it. Um, you know, I, I understand like we have a bunch of guards now and we have a bunch of youth, but like, I, I just hate that. Cause we did the same thing with Taylor Horton Tucker, like the pick that we gave up 40, like a couple of years ago is Taylor Horton Tucker. And that guy's good. And uh, yeah, I just, my views of second round picks or picks between 20 and 40 as how they view it. Cause they view picks between 20 and 40 as worthless apparently um, as, as completely different. And of course the years that they do keep, keep the pick, like they, they, they draft a uh, Wessel one do, which I still think is a very good pick. And now he's a Charlotte Hornet now. Um, and then uh, the other one, uh, Melvin, Melvin Frazier, Frazier. Jr. Yeah. Uh, which you and I, I think both immediately were like, that's a bad pick. Um, and we were both right, but I just, 
I don't want to pretend like I'm smart than smarter than guys that are involved in basketball all the time, you know, from, from, you know, in Weltman's case since birth, because his dad was, was in, was in, you know, the ABA and everything. So, but, um, and those guys get paid millions of dollars and they get all this data in their hands and all these scouting reports in their hands. But I, I just, I have my doubts. I mean, to continually kick the can down the proverbial road with second round pit, like at some point you got, you got to take a stab at somebody. And if it's not drafting and, and stashing or, you know, stashing and developing, like, uh, I, I, you know, and, and we don't know about cash considerations and things of that nature um, to the dollar, but uh, at some point you got to take a swing, uh, especially with the way rosters are constructed now. And, um, you know, the, the cap and tax limitations, like you, you almost need to hit on a second round pick at some point. Yeah. Like it's, it's like cash considerations. They don't, they don't alleviate your salary cap. It has no salary cap implications. It's all operational related basically at that point. Like we sold the pick probably for like $5 million and a, you know, a, a pick that we won't, you know, we won't see for five years. So it's, uh, it's. And especially, and, and, you know, you, you know this, right. But the basically picks 31 through 35 have so much inherent value because you're not committed to, uh, you know, guaranteed money, but you're getting theoretically a first round value out of it. So I understand trading away, you know, 51 or something, but uh, yeah, 33, uh, that kind of, that's a very valuable it grinds, grinds the gears of it. All right. So, well, our free agency talk isn't going to be too big because uh, we've only done a couple of things. <laughs> so uh, we'll talk magic depth chart here in a second. But we signed Robin Lopez from the Washington Wizards uh, for one year, $5 million. Uh, Rolo, uh, he's 33 years old. So he's about a month and a half older than me. So we're back to having a magic player that's older than me on the roster. You know, the last guy that 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 that, that happened for me was DJ Augustine. So uh robin lopez is i think he said he's going to be staying at his brother's house in, in disney you know around disney world so uh have fun with that i4 commute every day but uh it's yeah you know, i think it's a good signing if you view him as kind of a third string or even a backup uh center you know he, he played 71 games for the wizards last year he shot 63.3 percent from the field he has an unstoppable hook shot, which we've seen enough of. Um, it, whether whether he 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 plans to do all those off balance moves on the hook shot or not, it works for him. He's he's, he's he shoots over sixty three percent from the floor, uh, and then he he averaged nine points per game. So he still he still gets points, and he's gonna he's he's a veteran presence. Uh, we'll see we'll see how it all plays out. I mean, I have him slotting behind Wendell Carter Jr. and Mo Bamba at the moment. So I have, I have Rolo as the third string center. But uh, I like how Kevin Pelton said this was the worst offseason signing out of all the free agent signings, just basically, basically purely on fit. And he, he, some of the ESPN folks just can't resist themselves. Like even though the Magic had the quietest free agency period so far this, uh, this offseason out of all the 30 NBA teams, like – he picks Robin Lopez as the worst signing when there's been God awful contracts left and right being given to guys on other teams. And just to talk about a guy that to, to say this about a guy that's going to be a backup or a third string center, you know, depending on what we do with Mo Bamba or Wendell Carter Jr. Uh, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, it's funny to me. I think the Lopez signing is more than fine. I think there's rumors that Wendell Carter Jr. is going to get an extension from us, which I, I would be, I'd be quite happily curious to see what that figure might be. Um, and then Mo Bamba, this is a prove it year for Bamba. He's out in Vegas right now practicing with the summer league team, even though he's not going to be playing in summer league. So he's, he's trying to put in the work for coach Mosley and the, and the staff there, but what's your thoughts on the Robin Lopez signing? Um, I agree with you. It's always nice when, you know, well, there's no dance team anymore. We'll never be, uh, younger than any of the dancers ever again, but it's always nice when there when there's a player on the roster that's older than you. So the uh, first and foremost, that's fun. Um, he, without looking, and you probably already know this, what uh, what season will this be for Robin Lopez in the NBA? Ooh, I did not look. Um, is it going to be twelve? 
he he will be starting his 14th NBA campaign. Oh, he uh, came out as a freshman. Damn. So so if you think about uh, look at the end of the day, he's still serviceable and capable, right? You talk yeah. about the the hook shot. Uh, one of the, I'm gonna I'm gonna call it the best common NBA top shot moment of all time. But, it's still worth the 50 bucks I spent on it, even though it's worth like seven right now yeah. on Top Shot. But yeah, uh, certainly still serviceable on the floor. And, uh, you know, he's uh, let's call it a quirky personality. But that being said, um, there's depth to him as an individual. And in terms of being a locker room presence, he, uh, you know, basically came. He's going to be good for practices. He's going right. to be good for practices. He came of age in the NBA. His teammates were uh, Amari Stoudemire, Steve Nash, you know, Grant Hill, Shaquille O'Neal, like bridging that gap all the way to, uh, you know, Russell Westbrook and, and Bradley Beal last year. So certainly there's a lot of stories. I Hopefully there's a lot of wisdom to impart. Um, and basically you're paying $5 million for uh, um, professionalism at this point. That and they're going to milk every stuff, the magic dragon uh, bit that they can out of it. Like they're going to get their money's worth from it. Yep. So, um, and then the other side, nothing wrong with that signing at all. No, no, it's, it's more than fine. Like it's, it's one year, $5 million is more than fine. Uh, And then the other signing we've made is we, we signed Mo Wagner to a two year deal. I haven't seen the official money on it, but it's, it's not much. Like it's, it's probably, it's, Definitely less than five mil per year, I imagine. It's probably closer to like three-ish, I, I would assume. If, but. If, if that's not a minimum salary deal mm-hmm. with a second year being a team option, I would be I would be shocked. Yeah, I'm still – I still haven't seen like official stuff on on that. But, I mean, with Mo Wagner, I have him and, – and I can talk more depth chart now, but you know, I already talked about the centers. But I got Chumo Kiki at the four – uh, assuming I, is Isaac starting at the three, I guess, but I got Okiki at the four, Franz Wagner as his backup, and then I got Mo Wagner there as the other four. That's where I have him at the moment. But um, yeah, I mean, look, with Wagner, I, I guess he's being brought back just mostly because he's got a lot of NBA experience, and he's obviously Franz's brother, so there's there's a lot there. But I mean, he's a serviceable third string big man. He is. I, I, I like even in the few games that he played last season with the magic um, you know, he played what he started 10 of the 11 games that he played with the magic here. Cause we were tanking, but he shot 37.2% from three point range. Um, he played pretty well for Germany in the Olympics, even though for some reason he, they had him coming off the bench, which was a, a huge mistake in my mind. But um, I, I said it, I think the last podcast, but as like a Jason Smith type of backup, like that type of third string backup, like it's fine. It, it, it's fine. Yeah, uh, I, I, yeah, uh, I, I'll, I'll, I got over all the Wagners. I, I'm okay with them. Um, oh, and I think I heard this comparison, and uh, not to go too far on a tangent, but with Franz Wagner, I, I think the the comparison I heard that was interesting from uh, Ryan Rosillo of the of the Ringer was that Va- Franz Wagner is a better defend is a better defender, but worse shooting version of Laurie Markkinen, and. I don't know if I like that or not, but that might be the best case situation for him. That's, and I think Laurie Markkinen can be had for a sign and trade as well. Still, I think he's he's going to be out of Chicago, which the Bulls have had quite the offseason. They're they're going for it. So, uh, the 2023 Bulls pick may not be that great. Or if Billy Donovan shits the bed coaching and the Bulls get off to a horrible start maybe they'll end up like breaking up that team within a year and the 2023 bulls first ends up looking really good. So we'll see on that. But, um, and then I go over the rest of how I have the depth chart right now, but I got Jonathan Isaac starting at small forward. I got RJ Hampton as his backup. I got Michael Carter Williams as the third small forward at the moment slash third point guard. And then shooting guard wise, I'm going to say Jalen Sugg starts, even though we still got Gary Harris and Terrence Ross on the roster. Uh, Dwayne Bacon, he hasn't been waived yet. His contract for next season becomes fully guaranteed. You know, we're recording this Sunday morning, uh, August 8th. It becomes fully, they have to make a decision, I think, by tomorrow, uh, Monday, or on whether they waive him. If they don't, then it becomes fully guaranteed after Monday. It seemed like he's going to be, he was going to be waived. Like somebody took a screenshot of like an IG uh, message he put that 
it may have been something related to that. So we'll, we'll see. I like bacon, but you know, I think right now we're at 15 players on the roster. If you weigh bacon, then we're, we're at 14 without any uh, two-way spots uh, being given to anyone yet. Uh, and then for our point guards, I got Markel Fultz and, and Cole Anthony there right now as the, as the one-two for point guards. And, hey, if Fultz is ready to go in, in late October, late November, like I will be quite pleasantly surprised. And, you know, my goal for the Magic this season should be for them to try and compete to get that 10th and last play-in spot. But, uh, you know, if you got a healthy Markel Fultz, like it's, it's going to be interesting. But um, what are your view? Oh, and then so for the Magic free agents, Otto Porter Jr. went from making $28 million uh, last season to now he's on a one-year $2.4 million vet minimum with Golden State. So he's going to he's in a play at year where he's going to try and, uh, and that's a hell of a signing for the Warriors. Otto Porter's good for, especially that cheap. Um, James Ennis is unsigned. I assume he's going to be on, on a playoff team. I doubt the magic are going to bring him back. You know, like I said, the magic, if they wave bacon, they will be at 14 on the roster. People are saying, you know, people like Josh Robertson, Josh Robinson, be thinking that, um, you know, the magic are going to leave that 15 spot open because they have that $17 million trade a player exception from the Fournier trade. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see if we, we stay at 14, if we end up getting a, a 15th guy, assuming that bacon's getting waived. Uh, and then, yeah, that's, that's about it for, for free agents. I mean, Iggy Brzezdeikis is going to be on the summer league roster. Um, what are your thoughts on, I guess the action or little action that we've had this, this, uh, this off season. I mean, is it pretty much what you expected? Any thoughts or pushback on my magic depth chart? What, what do you got? Uh, yeah. I, well, the depth chart I think is fine. Um, I'm not surprised by the lack. I don't think either one of us is surprised by the lack of action um, in terms of free agency. I, I can't imagine, you know, I, again, no, no problem with bacon being a 14th, 15th guy, but at this point, I feel like I can't imagine him being back. Um, I'd almost rather go older with that spot. I don't know how you feel about that. Um, but it also it seems like the organization in terms of doing right by the player, if you were going to waive them, they probably should have done it before the right at the deadline. Um, so I don't know if that yeah. plays into it at all. Um, I, you know, we, there's an affinity here uh, on this side of the microphone for Courtney Lee. I don't know if that's plausible or probable or not, but um, you know, for somebody that's certainly not going to play in, in case, in, you know, unless there's emergent situation, um, I think it'd be better to go older with that spot, kind of like a, you know, a, a second run, a flallow situation again to, to, to go with that roster spot. Um, and I think it does make sense financially. Again, the goals of this season are development um, and to try and play at least meaningful games for as long as possible. So financially um, and flexibility wise, I think it certainly makes the most sense to keep the 15th roster spot open, with, you know, especially when you have got two guys on, on two ways that can plug and play a little bit as well. Do you think a trade's coming? Because I, I I look at I look at Bamba, I look at Terrence Ross, I look at Gary Harris's expiring twenty million dollar contract. Like from a, I mean you yourself, I mean you said it. Like we we still need at least another vet. I feel like whether that's Courtney Lee, uh, you know, I doubt we could. I doubt guys like Millsap or Reddick would want to come here because they're they're yeah. they're ring chasing. Um, we, Danny, we, we, we agree. Danny Green staying with Philly. I thought Danny Green might have been the guy, but. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think we, we're the ship is sailing on James Ennis at this point, right? I don't. Yeah, I like unless we're giving him like the rest of the mid-level exception because I think I, I think Bobby Marks said the Magic offer uh, Lopez, you know, the five, out of the five million dollar contract that's coming out of our ten million dollar mid-level exception, and I, unless you're giving Ennis the you know. Because I even with the five million that we'd offer him, I think he'd rather just be on a playoff team and making three, four million. Like that's right. that's kind of my viewpoint. So um I don't think it's gonna be Ennis. I I I feel like you gotta do a trade. And I if you I don't know if you're trading for 
Eric Gordon's contract plus a, a first round pick. Like, I, I don't know what you're doing, like, but you think clearly a trade before, before the start of the season. I do. Uh, Cause I just don't see how you're going to play these guys, the minutes that they need to be played. If you got both Gary Harris and T Ross mm-hmm. on the roster, like, do you, do you see that working out? Cause I don't. Uh, I mean, it's not going to work out long term, long term, certainly, but I, I would be shocked if there was a deal before training camp. Like, I, I mean, the, I, certainly, certainly the Magic will at least be facilitators this year in terms of uh, the trade market, I think, during the season. But I, I, I would be shocked, I think, if there was a move uh, before October. I think there's going to be a trade because I, I do think there's something there about keeping a roster spot open during the season. And then you can use that $17 million traded player exception to, to eat a, a salary and get like a first round pick in, in, in return. Like there's, there's something there with that. Um, Is Taco Fall going to be on an NBA roster this season? God, I hope so. And I still want it to be the magic. Like I want, I want a right to be, I want a wrong to be righted in that situation. Like even like Dante Exum as like a third small forward would be pretty cool to have. Like I've, I'm, st- I've still got Dante Exum stock. Um, and he's, he played really well for us, the Australian national team. Um, I just, we need another vet, man. Like the, the problem is, is the magic clearly want to get a vet that is that can, that can be on the floor, but isn't going to demand starting minutes. Basically that's, that, that's, that's the issue that that's, because you again, you've got all these young guys. You got Wendell, you got Bamba, and then you got your one vet at center with Robin Lopez. And then again, you got young guys. You got Okiki, Franz Wagner. You got Mo Wagner. Wagner's twenty four. He's kind of a vet, I guess. Sure, um, but I, you know, he hasn't been. You know, he hasn't had a great NBA career. He's been he's been passed around a bit now. But um, and then again, you've got Jonathan Isaac. You got R.J. Hampton. Like you got Michael Carter Williams, who's a very good vet to have. Like MCW should not go anywhere. So. I guess between Lopez, MCW, and maybe they'll keep Gary Harris. Cause again, I'd rather have Harris over Terrence Ross, but that may be the complete opposite. But I mean, I guess that's enough maybe. So I, I guess I, you're probably more right than I am. And that I, there's probably, it'd be a surprising thing to see a trade happen before the, the season hap, uh, starts. But I just, I feel like there's going to be another move. I, I, I can't, I have no idea what, what it'll be but i yeah it that's has where I'm to shake out at some point for sure but i don't know if uh i don't know if there's an urgency to shake it out you know before we get rolling yeah all right so uh have you looked at the magic summer league roster because that's that's starting uh on monday you know, summer league we're, we're recording this again sunday uh august 8th summer league starts today but the magic don't play till tomorrow monday night the the ninth and they play the golden state warriors so we'll get to take a look at jonathan kaminga and moses moody but there you go um that's an 8 p.m tip on nba tv uh uh, the Magic are guaranteed. Uh, all teams there are guaranteed to play five games at summer league. Um, yeah, I'm not going over the schedule, but the Magic play, uh, you know, four games in six nights, basically, or four games in 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 a week, basically. So, um, well, you know, is there? I don't know if you've been able to look at the Magic summer league roster, but Cole Anthony, uh, you know, R.J. Hampton. Uh, the two rookies, Jalen Suggs and, and uh, Franz Wagner, are going to play. Uh, and then you got some of the Lakeland Magic guys. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about it now. And I already said, I already said Iggy Brzezakis is going to be on the team who, who finished out the season on the Magic roster. He's on the Summer League roster. Uh, it's weird seeing Giannis Timma on this, on this roster. Uh, it's going to be easy to spot him on the court because he's got really, really uh, blonde uh, hair. He, he dyed his hair super blonde. So you'll, you'll be easy to spot him on the court, but, um, any thoughts from a summer league perspective? Like I'm a little surprised that Chumo Kiki's not playing. Um, even though I get it, he's technically a, I guess a third year player. Cause he did, but he didn't play his entire first year. And then he never played last summer league. Cause there wasn't a summer league last year. So he'll have gone his NBA career without playing summer league. I'm, I'm a little surprised by that. Um, I don't know. I any, that, yeah, I think that kind of lets you know where the organization pegs and values him and where he stands, right? That he he showed enough in his 
you know, during the first professional season that uh, I think that they've kind of charted him ahead of some of the other uh, second year guys. Like they're treating him like a starter, right? Yeah, for sure. And uh, you look, you know, I put little to no stock in summer league results. I think one of the interesting things to note and to watch interesting but not uncommon is that the actual head coach of the team um at least in the beginning is is going to be coaching the summer league yeah um, which is you know important for FaceTime and and installation and you know you know obviously it's not uh the whole depth of the playbook and everything like that but just in terms of familiarity it can't hurt yeah for sure um yeah, he he'll definitely coach at least the you know the first game. If not, maybe he'll do all of them. I don't know. I mean, it's again, it's it's going to end up being five guaranteed games. But um, I think the Magic had sixteen to or were at sixteen to one odds at winning summer league. Uh, it I, I doubt all of the you know I doubt RJ and Cole especially will play every game. Um, I think they're they'll only play like a couple games here and there. And I mean, our summer league roster is okay. Like it's nothing nothing insane. Um, you know, there's, there's some Lakeland Magic champs in this roster uh, or and past Lakeland Magic guys from, you know, from years past. But, uh, you know, Summer League, it's it's all about making sure it, – all it's all about making sure you can actually play. It's not about whether, like, you're good or, like, you're going to be good. It's all about can you stay on the floor. That's what Summer League's about. Um, very, very quickly, yep. if the Magic win an NBA championship, the uh, – you know, pride and, and satisfaction level and everything is a 10 out of 10. What, when the G league team, when the Lakeland magic were champions last year, what was the pride and satisfaction level for you? If you could rate it one to 10. I give it a seven. I thought Stan Heath did a damn good job. And I, I was paying attention. I was like, it's, it's yeah. weird. Cause it's not like a full actual season and they did right. it in the bubble, but I consider that tougher to, to do it in a bubble when there's no crowd and, and all that. Um, you know, if the I, Magic Summer League team was to win the Summer League title on a scale of one to ten, what would that mean to you? It's it's lower than Lakeland. It's probably like a, a, a six. Um, you're gonna give us. Uh, you're gonna give a, a Becky Hammond. Summer a Becky League Bonner. Title. No, a Becky Bonner. You mean? No, no, no. I no. We won the. You remember when the Spurs won Summer League? And oh. The, yeah. Yeah. You're going to give it a, it's going to be four notches below an NBA title. If the magic win this, this is where we're at at this point. Sure. Why not? The franchise. Where is, if they win not? the summer league title, do you think that they'll bring the, the hardware to the next draft party next year? <laughs> I hope not. I really hope not. That, that seems like, like a Sacramento type Kings move or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, no, nah, I, I don't know. So you, I, I, so I, so I should like, so I should rank it a lot lower or higher. What, what do you mean? Uh, no, I, th- I mean, to, if the mat, I think. Well, okay. First of all, I don't. We're not going into the schedule, right? You're guaranteed four kind of pool play, and then do they just slot? Everyone plays one a fifth. Two? Like I don't know yeah. because of a, of the, of COVID restrictions yeah. or, or there's or even going to be a, a bracket. But I, no, I, I would give it. I'm going to get generously. I would give it a two out of ten. But oh, okay. I'm a curmudgeon. Six, yeah. You actually enjoy life. So that's good. Well, I enjoy basketball. I don't know if I enjoy yeah. life enough. Or, uh, but <laughs> that, that's, uh, well, that's a different that's a different podcast. But yeah, I, I, uh, I you're exactly right. Look, the results mean nothing. Um, there's not a lot that p- can really be gleaned individually in terms of stats and performance. The only thing that you're looking for is that uh, do can they play a little bit? Do they belong on the floor? Do they look crazy out of place? And if all those things check out, then then you're moving on to training camp and you got what you came for. All right. Well, we'll leave it on that. And then I, just one last thing. So the playing tournament, it's staying the playing for same format. Um, I don't know if you had any thoughts on it. I don't like that there isn't some, you know, you have to finish within this many games of the ninth seed or whatever, the eighth seed to some type of prerequisite like there was in the bubble like you know when the magic had such a gap between them and the wizards i think for for eighth like it didn't trigger a play-in because there's such a large gap which that that didn't exist last last season during the nba season i i like the play-in tournament and i said earlier like the magic i hope they can find a way to sneak into the 10th spot in the play-in tournament i'm sure some people would rather they just tank for 
Chet Holmgren or something. I don't know, but um, I, I, the, you can't go, you can't tank forever. Like tanking doesn't work. The Magic haven't moved up in a draft lottery in 14 draft lotteries. Like it's it's quite a drought. We haven't moved up in the draft lottery since 1993, and you have got enough young talent now. Like you have it. Like if you end up finish, you know, if you end up getting like the seventh or eighth worst odds in the in the draft lottery you know, going to the draft lottery, that's fine. You know, you still might be able to move up to the top four. It's happened, you know, every year during this new draft lottery format where I think seventh or eighth has moved up into the top four. But um, you want, you know, you want to give Jamal Mosley a chance to, to keep his job because with the Jacques Vaughn era, part of it was, you know, a large part of it was we were purposely tanking and it's tough to keep guys motivated and it's tough to, 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 turn that winning spirit on when, when the time comes to actually start winning games. You know, we saw how that failed. So you want these guys to actually win games. And you know what, if you've got Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaac healthy out there on the floor, we're going to win games. And there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to underestimate this squad that you're just going to get in, into, into, you know, a win here, a win there. It's, it's going to happen. So um, what's your thoughts on the play in? I, I like it. And hopefully the magic can sneak into that 10th play in spot in the East. Yeah, I mean, as certainly as the seventh seed, you're not going to be a fan of it. But generally speaking, I think it's good for the league. It's fun for the casual observer. Um, and it, it gives you more to play for when you are a team like the Magic that are, um, you know, you're, you're not going to be fighting for a top eight spot, presumably. Um, and, and any kind of game that has stakes hastens the development. And, and we're trying to develop. So I, I think it benefits us um, a great deal. Any final thoughts before I, I close this up? Uh, I just want you to enjoy life. That's all. <laughs> I'll enjoy it better if uh, if I can get get to Greece here during you know for my vacation in a few weeks. Uh, I'll be go. I'll be happy about it. So I doubt we'll do. Maybe we'll do a pod after summer league if some crazy stuff happens. Um, COVID-19 Delta variant seems to be an issue already in Vegas. Like the wizards are already putting dudes in protocols. So I'm a little worried, but hopefully stuff goes well. Cause there's going to be fans in the building too. So hopefully things go well in Vegas. And, yep. uh, we appreciate you listening to another episode. Please subscribe and give us a wonderful rating. Tweet us any of your questions and feedback. Penny, what's your Twitter handle? At Spencer Strode. And I'm at Papa Giorgio MBO. And with that, go magic, take care and just win. The Vegas Summer League title. I feel like I'm seven days.